Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Today we've got a great show lined up to you, and it resonates across Indian country and beyond because we're speaking about one of the great challenges and one of the great opportunities we have today, and that is living longer and living better. To help us in this very important dialogue is Jeanette Bajalia. Jeanette is the president and principal advisor of Petros Estate and Retirement Planning. Jeanette, it is so great to have you with us on American Indian Living. It's great to be with you, David. Jeanette, you and I really just met today. I heard about you just a little while ago, and you were so gracious to arrange your schedule so that we could actually do an interview today. But you are doing some things that excite me because you're interested not only in an area that that you have a career in, and that is uh, retirement planning, estate planning, but you're also interested in health, and it just really resonated with me. Tell me your story. How do you get interested in both of these topics? David, first of all, I am a 29-year breast cancer survivor, and I did it holistically. I just thought for me it was better for me to make sure that I addressed the root cause of my disease. And cancer, I realized, was an autoimmune, so I wanted to find a, a totally holistic program. I wanted a systemic solution instead of a systematic, and I opted for that treatment protocol using a physician I found out in New York City. But more importantly, and so 29 years later, I've maintained a healthy balance and a lifestyle. But also during this 29-year journey, I was a primary caregiver to an aging mother and a great aunt who I was their total financial support. My mother lived to 93. My aunt lived to 100. And I saw that they remained independent until the last uh, probably 9 to 12 months of their lives. And that's what brought me to the point of understanding how did they live so long, so healthy, so independently, and then with my personal health story, and then my experience as a baby boomer, I'm in the baby boomer generation, it was just important that I pull all this together. Well, the other thing that's so exciting to me, Jeanette, about what you're doing is a phenomenon that I see throughout Indian country, but it's not just Indian country. I mean, it's anywhere you go. It seems like, in general, women outlive the men in their lives, and you've looked some at this and some at the practical implications. Tell us a little bit more about that whole area. The recent studies that we're seeing, David, is that women, the majority of women, 80% of them will die will die single while 80% of men die married. So there's always a caregiver in place for the males. But when it comes to women dying single, one of the premises of women is we never want to be a burden on our children. So you really need to think through the quality of care issues, how to maintain your independence so you don't be a burden on your children or on the government or on any other source but yourself. And that's why in my retirement and estate planning model, I integrate so much health awareness and health prevention because I'd rather – 
you spend more of your money on your own personal health to maintain your independence, whether you live to 90, 100, 105, or 110, or rather than just going and spending it in the healthcare system. I mean, this is such a great message, and, and you and I really are kindred spirits. Like I said coming into the show, we haven't spoken a lot, but many of my listeners know that in the last year, I came out with a new book called 30 Days to Natural Blood Pressure Control. And as I deal with people with blood pressure issues, I mean, we're seeing in America thousands of people with disabilities, heart attacks, stroke all kinds of problems from uncontrolled high blood pressure. And if these individuals had just caught that message of caring for themselves, they could have spent far fewer dollars on the front end and be much more functional. So as I'm listening to you, I'm saying, boy, this is the very thing that I'm dealing with. But you're looking at more than high blood pressure, right? We're looking at holistic approach to life stage planning. You have different needs when you're in your 40s to 50s than you have in your 50s to 60s than 70s to 80s. Now, let's talk about 80-plus. 80-plus, you really, at that life stage, you really need to understand the things that keep you healthy and preventive. We're seeing more and more medical research, and you're the medical expert, David. We're seeing more and more medical experts saying longevity is over 70% lifestyle. So if it's over 70% lifestyle, lifestyle consists of eating right, movement, mm -hmm. making sure you're doing the right things for yourself, whatever brings you that pleasure and that joy, that's going to keep that blood pressure lower. That's going to keep that heart. And that's going to keep more of the money in your pocket because I'm not paying for co-pays and deductibles and I can keep more of that money to fund the things that keep me healthy. Now, Jeanette, you have not only had an interest in this, you've not only devoted much of your professional career to it, but you've actually written a book that builds on some of these themes. Tell my listeners about that book. I recently released in March a book, Planning a Purposeful Life, Secrets of Longevity, and the reason I chose to write that book I started seeing a lot of trends when I was doing retirement planning for my clients, both individuals and couples and families and partners. When I would say, okay, we have to plan on you building, uh, you living beyond 100. And they're going, no, my father died when he was 72. My mother died in her 80s. I don't think I'm going to live beyond 80. And I said, well, is anything wrong with you? And they'd say, no, nothing's wrong with me. So we'd have this dialogue. And I couldn't get my clients to really believe that they would live beyond what their her they perceived their heredity to be. So I decided I needed to learn from the greatest generation, the 90-plus generation. So I traveled the U.S. to interview individuals and couples that are still living purposeful, active lives beyond 90. I wanted to learn from them. And one of the messages I wanted to get from them to take back to my clients is, what would you do have done differently had you known you were still going to be buying cars at 95, living independently in your upper 90s, still having to maintain a house? And so I wanted to learn from their wisdom. Oh, this is great. So for you tuning in to American Indian Living today, we're talking really about two things, but they're related. We're talking about how to live longer, but also how to live better and really how to plan for living a longer life. Of course, none of us have any guarantees, but like 
Jeanette's been sharing. And Jeanette, I so appreciate that message. So much of how long we live, it's not just genetics. It's our lifestyle. So that is such a powerful message, and you're exactly right. We're seeing it in the medical literature. That's absolutely right, and I do a lot of research. I follow a lot of the medical research because that's really all I have. The markets, the financial markets can only provide you a certain type of lifestyle, but my philosophy is why would I want to put my lifestyle in the hands of Wall Street Hmm. versus in my own hands because I can control that. I can't control Wall Street. Boy, excellent message. So we're all interested. What did you learn as you traveled throughout the United States and visited with these folks who had been on this planet for 90 years or more? One of the prevailing things I learned, uh, I summarized a lot of their learnings. I can actually write four volumes of books from what I learned. This was the first release of it, and it was, I called it in a chapter, Pearls of Wisdom. And a couple of the things that I learned is, one, this generation has very clearly, uh, when they retired from a job, a role, a purpose, they always had something to go to. So one of the things I learned is don't retire from one thing unless you have something to go to because Mm -hmm. it keeps you, as long as you have a life of purpose, you're going to live a longer, healthier life. That is so powerful. So it would it would apply to things like volunteering as well as maybe a second career, a hobby. Would all those things be included? Oh, they included all of them. Some of the greatest generation, these uh, men and women, I interviewed over 30 of them. Some of them had volunteer, some a lot of volunteer work. One gentleman, I dedicated the book to him. He was still working with Meals on Wheels, delivering until three months before he passed away. He also was volunteering at a local hospital working in their pharmacy and every Friday night volunteered at his church putting things together for his church. So when you look at his life of purpose, it was just giving back, continuously giving back. And that was a great message because he influenced me more than anything because even when he couldn't actually drive a car to go and deliver the Meals on Wheels, he so effectively sat in the car with one of his buddies who could do it because he wanted that connection with the people they were delivering to. That's the beauty of this is having a life of purpose, regardless of whether you're reinventing yourself, creating your second chapter, taking care of your family, or just volunteering in your local community. Now, one of the things that's running through my mind is I'm thinking of contextualizing this in Indian country. I mean, of course, People who listen to the show, I mean, some are Native Americans living in urban areas. They're right near a hospital. They may be on a reservation, and there's a a hospital, maybe an Indian Health Service hospital or a tribally owned facility right close to them. They could be volunteering. But others may be in more rural areas. And my mind goes to some maybe traditional Native American crafts or handiwork that they've done over the years and maybe thinking of how that may tie-in with younger generations, maybe with grandchildren. How important is this? Did you look at these intergenerational things where maybe elders are sitting down with grandchildren or great-grandchildren? Does that have a bearing on longevity? Based on what I found out by the individuals that I interviewed, staying connected to those they love and having that rich social network, whether it's family or whether it's friends, and many of them, you have to understand, David, they've seen even their children pass on. Mm. They've seen their best friends pass on, and 
their spouses have passed on, but they still stay connected to those they love. One gentleman told me that because his children, he has eight children, and they're all, they live across the entire globe, he stays connected with his grandchildren and his great-grandchildren. They have one point in time, it, it's a conference call, uh-huh. that they all dial into this one number, and he catches up on everything that is going on in every one of his children, his grandchildren, and his great-grandchildren's lives. And that is the most beautiful, simple little thing that you could do just to stay connected. Wow, that is actually a pretty great idea, especially for big families if they have, you know, inter, you know, Internet access or Skype or wherever throughout the world. I mean, that's, a, that's a, an idea that I haven't heard many families taking advantage of. Absolutely, and that's what I loved it with my family because I have, uh, I have 34 nieces and nephews, and they're all over, and it's nice to be able to stay connected. Even if you don't have Internet access, there's these 800 conference calls numbers that you could just set it up as a family and get everybody in and talk, everybody talk to each other. You don't have to spend a lot of money doing this. So that's one of the things that I really cherish about this uh, generation is what they can teach us and the simple things that they embrace that allow them to continue living a very dignified and purposeful life. Well, we've got a lot more coming up in this hour with Jeanette Bajalia. She's the author of Planning a Purposeful Life, Secrets of Longevity. And before we step away for the break, Jeanette, what other kind of high points can someone look forward to if they're able to stick with us for the remainder of our dialogue? We're going to talk about more pearls of wisdom from this greatest generation and how they go about maintaining a healthy, active life, basically. These are great messages, and I know you're going to tell us about another company that you started. You're the founder and president of Women's Worth. We're interested in that because that ties in with this whole dialogue, doesn't it? It absolutely does, because uh, more of the people in longevity and the latter life stages will more than likely be women. So would love to share some thoughts on that. So before we run, if someone's got to step away, you do have a website where people can get more information, can pick up your book. Tell us about that. My website is www.womans-worth.com, or you can go on Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble and pick up the book, Planning a Purposeful Life. Okay, this is Dr. David DeRose. I'm interviewing today Jeanette Bajalia. She is the author of that book she just mentioned, Planning a Purposeful Life, Secrets of Longevity. We invite you to stay by. We've got 45 more minutes or thereabouts in today's interview. But if you've got to run womans-worth or hyphen, I guess, womans-worth.com or her pick up her book, Planning a Purposeful Life. We've got more with Jeanette. You don't want to miss some great stories, things that can transform your life and the lives of those you love. Don't go away. I'm Dr. DeRose. We will be right back. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's one 800 775 Four six seven three. We'll be right back after this. This is Betty White. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen. High blood pressure can cause kidney damage, blindness, heart attack, stroke. And you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked 
and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. Emergency medical unit, respond to 102 Maple Avenue, possible stroke victim. When stroke occurs, you have 60 minutes to win or lose the race of your life. There are new treatments, but you must get to a hospital fast. If you suddenly feel weakness on one side, have trouble speaking, walking, or seeing, it could be a stroke. Call 911. Get to a hospital. Because how you spend the next 60 minutes could determine how you spend the rest of your life. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders in Stroke. If you receive disability benefits, keeping Social Security informed is key. Keeping us informed minimizes the chance that we learn about something later that could negatively affect your benefits. That's the surprise no one wants because it creates overpayments that you must repay, disrupts payments, and can even jeopardize your entitlement to Social Security benefits. Learn more about reporting responsibilities for people working and receiving disability or SSI benefits by reading our online publications, Working While Disabled, How We Can Help, and How Work Affects Your Benefits at www.socialsecurity.gov pubs. Some changes can be reported online at www.socialsecurity.gov. You can also notify us at 1-800-772-1213 or contact your local Social Security office. Our goal at Social Security is to pay you the right amount on time every month. With your cooperation to keep us informed of changes, the likelihood of any unpleasant surprises that could derail your benefits will be greatly minimized. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back to American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose, my guest today, Jeanette Bajalia. She is the author of Planning a Purposeful Life, Secrets of Longevity. And she's uh, sharing with us an amazing, a fascinating real-life study that she did interviewing individuals that I've picked up on you call the greatest generation, those who have lived beyond 90 and the life lessons that you've been learning from them. Have, have I made that connection right? That in your mind is this greatest generation? I absolutely get it. it. They are the greatest generation. They've influenced my life, and they will influence many individuals' lives. Well, let me just mention at this point that what's so great about this, I can think of the many elders that listen to the show. They may not necessarily be over 90. Some of them, no doubt, are, but... A lot of times in common culture, not necessarily Indian country, but in the common uh, dominant culture, Western, quote, Western culture, European culture, often individuals who get into those older ages are kind of cast off to the side. And what you're doing is really, I believe, a traditional native thing to do, and that's really esteeming elders. And you're saying, here's what we can learn from them. And I think my audience is collectively appreciating the work that you've done and what you're sharing, Jeanette. Well, thank you, because that was my message. I wanted to wake up America. I wanted to wake, wake us up nationally and say 
this this great generation, the elders of our generation, the 80-plus-year-olds, they are not sitting around in nursing homes drooling and doing and being a burden to anyone. They are contributing to cultures. They're contributing to society. They're contributing to their professions, to their families. And it's unbelievable the spirit of gratitude that they have for the ability to continue doing that and giving back. And I just uh, I just don't understand. I didn't have an appreciation for it, even though I was a caregiver for over 30 years of my adult life, and I kept my family at home. My mother stayed at home with me, and I made a commitment that I was going to care for her till the day she died. And she died at 93, and my aunt the same. She died at just a little over 100. And they were active until the last few months of their life. And so that's what this generation is. They look at every day as a gift of life, and that's the beauty of it. And that's something we can all learn from that. So we've been, we've been hearing some secrets, uh, some pearls of wisdom, as you put it. One of them is this sense of gratitude. Another you mentioned earlier is never retiring from life, if you will. There's always got to be some purpose you also mentioned connectedness with family. Those are three take-home points that I've gotten. What other kind of pearls of wisdom have you gleaned from your dialogue with elders? Oh, thanks for asking because I could just go on and on. So you'll have to control me, David. Um, one of them is the, their adherence to principles of clean living and eating right. Um, moderation is a huge thing. Uh, theme with this generation, and I think that contributes to a long and healthy life. Uh, They eat simply. They don't overindulge. Yes, they love their alcohol. They love periodically uh, some indulgences in their desserts, but the key takeaway of those of the 90-plus generation is moderation was a key to longevity. They opt to eat out, but they don't eat out in, you know, big, huge uh, plates, and I think it's really important for us to really rethink portion control because they don't overindulge. No, I appreciate this message for two reasons. One is I think, like you've mentioned, Jeanette, a lot of folks have forgotten that message of moderation, and and it's it's so needed. But the other flip side, and I've got a number of my listeners. You know, you mentioned the example of alcohol, and you know, in Indian country as well as in any population. There are some people who've said, you know, this is just something so dangerous in my family, in my community, that I'm not going to even touch it. So I have people that that tell me, and I'll be honest with you, I'll just be upfront because some people would say it's a bias. I made a decision years ago as a as a health professional and also from my spiritual sensibilities that, that alcohol wasn't helping me and I was just going to leave it off. I'm not going to do that. And other people, like you've said, they're living long lives. They're using it, quote, in moderation. Some people can do that, but other people can't. So I think it's interesting as we speak about this topic of moderation or temperance, it can be different for different people, right? You have to know your own limits. I'm with you, David. I, I don't drink at all. I don't, I've never had a, I've been compelled to drink uh, because it's just I personally don't like the taste of it. But I do believe um, some of the research is coming out. A lot of folks just really have to know what their own limits are, what their own tolerance levels are, what their own family history is, and what you use the drinking for. I personally uh, feel like I want to be of totally sound mind 100% of the time. So 
I can smell something and, you know, like uh, a sip of wine, uh, you know, and just kind of it goes straight to my head because it's important for people to know their tolerance levels in every element of life, whether it's food, whether it's exercise, whether it's alcohol. It's all about tolerance of what your own body can handle. No, I mean, I think it's a great point, and I think at the same time as a physician, I've noticed over the years that a lot of people, they think they can tolerate more than they really can, and so I think it's a very interesting dialogue, but I so appreciate you shining the spotlight. Let's put it this way. No one's going to argue with us saying we're going to be moderate in the things that are good, and there may be a discussion about what's good or, or whether there is such an absolute good or bad. I think there, there is when it comes to certain health behaviors, but we don't have to answer all those questions today, do we? Absolutely not. Well, let's let's go to something else that I know is something that is close to your heart. I alluded to it in the last segment, and I know this will bring us back to the dialogue with, with the elders. But it's this, you're starting a second company, this, this woman's worth. You're the founder. You're the president of it. Tell us a little bit about what that is, because that's the website you're directing everyone to. I am, uh, David, uh, about... In 2010, about seven years ago, I started seeing some trends in my company, Petros Estate and Retirement Planning. I started seeing some trends where women were losing their husbands unexpectedly. Women had uh, deferred a lot of financial decision-making and life planning decisions and estate planning decisions to their husbands, not really having being actively involved in it. And all of a sudden, they're... A precious husband of 30, 40, maybe even 50 years is no longer around, and they're totally lost. Mm. And then they're vulnerable, and they just don't know where to go. So I started seeing these trends. So I did some market research and tried to understand whether these trends were unique to what I was seeing in my firm or whether it was just trends in our nation. And I realized that there are trends in society as a whole, and as baby boomers were Uh, starting to get into that uh, mid-60s and retirement age, you started seeing more and more of that. So I created a company that really speaks the language of women. Women have a different financial language, and there's no discipline where gender differences are more prevalent than in the financial and in money matters. We speak, women speak a different financial language than men. So when you say men have more risk uh, tolerance for risk, women like safety and security, that's where I just decided I had to create a company that really understood what women wanted out of their financial life plan. And I speak the language of women in that company. Now, we have a lot of married women that are in second marriages that don't commingle assets. And so we want to make sure we understand how to deal with life planning issues where you have blended marriages, where you have children from two different families, and how you manage and protect the estates of each individual entity. And so I created a company, Woman's Worth, that specializes with the unique lifetime income planning needs of women and does more longevity planning because women consume more of the medical services of our nation, and we need different planning models for the women. This is fascinating, and although we've only got about a a minute or two in this segment, can you give us a quick story that illustrates maybe the different financial outlook a woman might have as opposed to a man? Sure. 
Um, I deal with many couples where they want to have a retirement plan. They're retiring, and the woman wants to always leave something behind for the children, and the woman doesn't want to be a burden on the children. But she also wants to always leave money. And and the and then one of my clients, she wanted to protect some state assets for the benefit of the children. Her husband was saying, no, we've worked hard for this. We put our children through college. We continue to put them, we continue to give them our grandkids, we deposit into their education accounts, but I don't have a need to leave anything behind. I want to spend what we have. So here we want a successful, dignified retirement to spend, and the the woman um, wants to pull her husband back and say, oh, no, we can't go on this fancy vacation that we've spent a lifetime working towards because I want to leave money behind for the children. Wow, wow. So how do you help negotiate something like that? We create a win-win. We create bucket strategies, and we we position assets to achieve the legacy that she wants to leave but also does not allow them to compromise the quality of the retirement journey. Boy, this is this is really great stuff. I know you've got a lot of people very excited about what you're doing. I'm talking with Jeanette Bajalia. She's the author of Planning a Purposeful Life, Secrets of Longevity. She is the president and principal advisor of Petros Estate and Retirement Planning, and she also founded and is the president of Woman's Worth. We've got more coming up with Jeanette. If you want to get in touch with her or her organization, it's Woman's hyphenworth.com and you can pick up her book Planning a Purposeful Life through the website or at amazon.com we'll have more with Jeanette as we come back for our second half of today's edition of American Indian Living don't go away a lot more great information that can make a difference for you and those that you love stay tuned American Indian Living will continue in a moment If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. So, you want to be a hero. Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark. Or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke. Sudden weakness on one side or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. Can you guess what's going on here? It's kids getting fit. Studies show that children and teens who get at least 60 minutes of physical activity a day reduce the risk of obesity, heart disease, anxiety, and increase their overall mood. So, whether it's around your neighborhood... Or at school, just get out and play. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Will Rogers Institute, since 1936. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Diabetes affects more than 29 million Americans. If left untreated, diabetes can lead to serious health problems such as heart disease, stroke, blindness, and kidney disease. 
Your family's health history can be an important factor in determining your risk of developing diabetes. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you and your family. Do all you can to prevent or delay the onset of type 2 diabetes. Visit yourdiabetesinfo.org to learn more. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. Welcome back for the second half of today's edition of American Indian Living. Dr. David DeRose with Jeanette Bajalia. Jeanette is the author of Planning a Purposeful Life. She went around the country interviewing people, especially those above 90, who were thriving, doing well, learning their secrets, pearls of wisdom from elders throughout America. Jeanette, I know this show is resonating with Native Americans throughout the country and for people who have no Native roots. We've got all kinds of folks who tune in to American Indian Living. And as we've been talking, I think a lot of people are wondering about something I'm wondering about. As you went on this project, did you get some surprises? Did you have some things that surprised you about older Americans? I had a couple surprises. Um, one is how saddened they are by the state of our nation. Mm. That really surprised me. They're such heartfelt. They're such patriots. And they were just saddened by the conflict that they feel they experienced. And they just absolutely didn't want to walk out on life and leave this country in the shape it's in for their children and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. So that was one of the key surprises that uh, I walked away with. It was a beautiful surprise. But nevertheless, that was one of their primary concerns. Wow, this is impressive because, I mean, this is a value that's, uh, that's held throughout Indian country, and that is, you know, providing for future generations, for seven generations, whatever it might be in the, in the culture. And, and I, I think it's, it, it may be a, a surprising thought to many Native people to hear that this is coming from non-Natives as well, right? Oh, absolutely. It is. It, it was just huge. And it was prevalent in, in consistently, whether they were uh, widows that I interviewed, whether they were married couples, they consistently had that same concern, the state that we're leaving this country, and that's what brought them the greatest sadness. Wow. Well, speaking about other challenges later in life, I mean, we've been alluding to one off and on, and it's how you got into this whole research area, if you will, this dialogue with senior citizens with elder Americans, especially those over 90, and it has to do with uh, this issue of running out of savings later in life. Uh, We hear a lot about it. Is this really a big concern for older Americans? It is absolute. For the older Americans, it's not as much of an issue because they were more planners, and they retired with pension plans. They didn't just plan on living off of a Social Security check. So for older Americans, when I asked them, when I was talking to them and say, what advice would you give the younger generations, the baby boomers that are in the process of retiring or have already retired? And they said, uh, make sure you have a plan and you have enough financial assets because that generation didn't worry about it because they had good sources of fixed income, whereas our generation We're not retiring with pension plans, and you can't live on a Social Security check. I recently wrote an article for Newsmax Finance, and it was about Social Security is not lifestyle security. Mm. It's just a supplement. So 
running out of money is the number one fear of the younger generation, the children of this great generation, the baby boomers. It's a fear greater than death. And so I imagine a lot of the folks that you see and a lot of the women that you see in your woman's worth counseling and couples that you see are dealing with this very real concern about running out of savings. Is that a fair assessment? It is consistently the number one concern in all the retirement planning we do. We do over 60 planning reviews in a given month is I want to make sure I don't run out of money. I'm so afraid I'm going to run out of money. And with women, they start getting frozen from spending money because they're afraid they're going to run out of money if they don't have a plan. So, yes, it's the number one, uh, it's the most prevailing fear is running out of money. Okay, so the fear's out there. We're talking to the choir. People who are listening today, they say, yeah, I'm worried about that. What can people do to avoid having problems like that? The one thing that I continue to communicate, and I have two other books that I've written about this, it is you have to plan. You have to understand what the cost of your retirement journey, the cost of that journey is going to be. What do you want to fund in your lifestyle? Because for you, David, it may be $200,000 saved in your retirement may be good enough for you, but maybe because I have a completely different lifestyle, I might need $650,000. Someone else may need $2 million. So we can't say financial planning is a one-size-fits-all approach. You need a plan customized for your unique lifestyle, as unique as your own DNA. And that's what I encourage everybody to really think through. What is it? that you want, how do you want to live the next four decades of your life? What do we need to fund for? Then we look at where are we today, and then we analyze what we need in the future in the context of today. We adjust it for inflation, and then we say, okay, this is the cost of your retirement journey. Now, what's the likelihood of you achieving it? And that's the only time you should make financial decisions, when you have that deep of a plan to let you know what is it going to cost you to live the way you want to live. So tell us some more stories, things that you've learned from dealing either with individuals in the planning uh, arena or individuals that you've talked with in writing your book, Planning a Purposeful Life. I think I'll I'll do, uh, based on time, I'll give you one. I was working with a couple recently, and uh, their greatest fear was long-term care. We're getting a lot of that. Like, what happens if one of us has a debilitating health illness? And we never thought about this, and now we're in our upper 60s, and it's just not affordable to get long-term care insurance. So what we looked at was, how do you want to age? And so we created in their life plan, if you don't want to fund long-term care, and trust me, it's not its not affordable even for the wealthy. It costs so much for a skilled nursing facility. It costs, on average, at the nation, at nationally, about $91,000. I made the decision to have my family members age in place, age in my home. And so I presented that model to this particular couple, and they said that's what we want to do. So if you want to age in place in your home, and you want to create a plan that allows you to age in place, then we have to build into your lifestyle costs some maintenance, like you have to upgrade your home to make it 
to make to allow you to be able to stay in it to bring some in-home care and so we created a financial life plan for them that allowed them to create bucket strategies that the fourth bucket was the cost that we needed to protect for their long-term care so they can age in place with dignity and bring care in their home. So when you use this term bucket strategies, I mean, some people are thinking a bucket list, things you're going to do before you die. Is that the same analogy or are you just dividing things in different portions and calling that buckets? Yes, dividing your the, the savings that you have to go through your retirement in in uh, two, three, four buckets based on your unique lifestyle, which typically it's three to four buckets. The first bucket, the emergency bucket, the the bucket that you need the money at your fingertips for just for when the roof blows off or when the car uh, blows away and you need to buy a new car. And the second bucket is that bucket that's going to generate for you the income that you need for the next five to seven years. Then the third bucket is growth. Money, we have to all grow because, believe me, if we're going to live beyond 90, then we have to have some money in the market to grow because markets can keep up with inflation. And the fourth bucket is if you want to leave your children, a le- you want to leave a legacy because you want to leave your children something or you want to fund your own long-term care. So we create what we call bucket strategies that have financial assets that have specific goals. So financial decisions are made in the context of those goals. Now, I got hung up in that first bucket. I'll just be honest with you. You're talking about emergencies because even though you and I have been talking, you mentioned this car blowing away, and I'm I'm going back to my decade or more where I lived in Oklahoma, and I'm, I'm wondering because I don't know where you live. Do you live in Tornado Alley? I live in Florida. You live in Florida. Okay, so I guess you can get tornadoes down there, I was or hurricanes at least, right? We get hurricanes, yeah. Okay, well, I was trying to put this together because most people here in California don't speak about their car blowing away. Oh, I mean blowing up, like your transmission blows. And I need a new car because I'm still driving and I'm still active and I need to get around and have lunch with all my friends and see all my family. And so you need wheels. No, no, no question. So let me see if I've got this right. We're looking at retirement planning, and we're saying you need an emergency fund, funds that you can access quickly so it's not in a a five-year certificate of deposit or something like that. Then you've also got this um, kind of ongoing income. You need something to, to fund your retirement, and then you need something in growth, some investments. And then you've got this other area that's providing for things like your legacy to your kids or maybe to a charitable cause or your tribe or whatever. Uh, Maybe it's uh, this long-term care planning. Have I got the, the major divisions down there? You have that. That's absolutely great. You're a good lifetime income planner. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Is there one of those areas in your experience, Jeanette, that is more commonly overlooked when people walk in your office? It's not just it's not even on their radar screen. It's usually the it's usually the that second bucket that gives me guarantees for income. Hmm. Because a lot of us think that if I put my money in the market, then that market is going to give me a guarantee if I take 4% a year out. That's going to give me a guaranteed lifestyle. That may not. It may work some years, and it may not work some other years. And in 2008, when we saw a lot of our uh, seniors, a lot of my friends 
said, oh, I have to quit going on vacations because I lost 35% of the market, and now I can't pull out as much money out of my investment plan as I was to sustain my lifestyle, well, you shouldn't put yourself in that position. You shouldn't be putting more at risk than you need to accomplish your core lifestyle. So that second bucket accomplishes core lifestyle, and you need guarantees, you need predictability, you need certainty that your core lifestyle can be achieved whether the market is up, down, sideways. So what do you recommend people have their their money in? Is that CDs usually, or is it something else? Well, actually, I prefer looking at the right type of fixed annuities that give me some self-directed pension look-alike payments where I don't lose control of my money. So that's a, that's, these are all state-specific. So the proper solution, I can't sit here and give specific recommendations. It's just you need to explore what is the laddered income plan that you need to keep up with your lifestyle and inflation. And it's specific to your personal goals. It's specific to what's suitable for you and what is available based on doing a plan. The plan becomes the information guide that allows you to understand how much money do I put in which bucket. Now, just Some one... people may not need anything in a second bucket because they're retiring with a $7,000 a month pension plan and a $2,500 a month Social Security check. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, I wanted to ask you one quick question, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to wait till the next segment. But I'll tell you what it is, just so you can be preparing and our listeners can know where we're going. And it's simply this. As we're looking at all these these different things, all these issues, I'm wondering, especially because I've got listeners in Florida, plenty of them, are you taking new clients? Don't give me the answer now because some folks may want to know the answer to that. And then we're going to give them some more practical lessons if they can't get from, uh, say, uh, Albuquerque or the Northwest to Florida to see you personally, how they can take more advantage of your wisdom. I'm going to be back for a final segment with Jeanette Pajalia. Don't go away. More on today's edition of American Indian Living to come. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Diabetes is a serious disease that runs in families. If your parents or siblings have type 2 diabetes, you have a greater chance of getting the disease. If you're African American, Hispanic, or Latino, American Indian, Alaska Native, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander, you also have a higher chance of developing the disease. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you understand your risk. Visit the NDEP website at yourdiabetesinfo.org for diabetes prevention tools, including the Family Health History Quiz. It started off as a normal day. I felt fine when I arrived at the plant. Ruth Junius's life was about to change. Then I dropped my keys. They kept slipping out of my hand. My arm felt numb. A co-worker asked me if I was okay, and I couldn't speak. I started to get scared. Ruth was having a stroke. 
People around her weren't sure what to do. They thought I should go home or lie down, but I knew something was very wrong. I wrote 911 on a piece of paper with my other hand, and someone called for me. Because everyone acted quickly, doctors at the hospital were able to give Ruth treatment that started to reverse the symptoms. Within a few minutes, I was talking again. I didn't know a thing about stroke before I had one. Now I make sure that my friends and family know all the signs of stroke so they'll get help fast if they need it. No stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. Call 1-800-352-9424 for more information. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You're back with Dr. David DeRose for the final segment of today's edition of American Indian Living. Jeanette Bajalia is my guest. She's been sharing with us her life work and her most recent project, or at least one of them, where she's interviewed elders throughout America, especially individuals above 90, sharing with us life lessons. And before we went to the break, I was going to ask you a question. Some of the listeners were thinking, I mean, why couldn't he just ask her a yes or no question? And I'm glad I didn't because at the break, you gave me some heads up. And here's the question just for those who missed it. And that is, you're based in Florida. Obviously, uh, Folks listening, we've got, I know, many listeners in Florida. If they would like to see you personally or a member of your team, are you still seeing new clients? We absolutely are. We're on a mission to transform how men and women are serviced in the financial industry through appropriate planning. So absolutely, we will have them connected with the right like-minded income planner. So now where exactly in Florida are you? I mean, can someone physically walk into your office and see you, Jeanette, or are you mainly orchestrating things at this point? Oh, no, no. I have my corporate operations is in North Florida, Jacksonville, Florida, and then I have a satellite office in famous St. Augustine, Florida, and then I serve the Central Florida area through my office in the Orlando area, which is a suburb of Orlando, Winter Park, Florida. And then we have affiliates uh, located throughout the U.S. Wow. We, we were comparing notes at the break, and I mentioned to you just recently speaking north of Orlando in the villages. But for a number of years, I actually worked for Florida Hospital there in, in Winter Park and in Orlando doing preventive medicine for them. That was many years ago, but we've driven down many of the same uh, streets and interstates. So uh, it's good to get that geographic connection with you as well, Jeanette. What about those who aren't in Florida? Can they access your services and your team? They absolutely can. We do a lot of long distance. I have cl- I have clients nationally that were referred to me by my existing clients, and I serve them. I also have an affiliate group of advisors who do true integrated lifetime income planning, and so we can get anyone connected with the right like-minded advisor. And it's interesting, David, how you said North Florida. I will be um, speaking, doing a total well-being workshop uh, at Florida Hospital tomorrow evening. Are you really? That's tremendous. Right there on the, in the Orlando campus, on, on Rollins there? Wow. Yes, sir. I'll be right there. Well, and, and I, I mean, i, I got to be careful from digressing, but I know my listeners like some of these human interest pieces. But one of my children was born there, 
at Florida Hospital. And my wife, who's actually a physician, actually did her residency training there at Florida Hospital. So we've got some some deep connections there in Central Florida. Well, let's transition from that kind of uh, piece where people want to connect with you, but we got to give them some way to do that. Is the website the best way to do it? Is there a phone number? If someone wants to tap into your wisdom, Jeanette, further, what do they do? Yeah, I'll give you uh, my my website again. You could go in and you could send me an email through my website at www.womans-worth.com or the telephone number is – I can give the um, – I'll give my corporate office number. It's a toll-free number. It's 866-273-8767. My staff knows how to get hold of me 24 by 7. I'm not far away from my cell phone. So those are two really good ways to get a hold of us. And you could either send us an email. We have, uh, we're have we on Facebook. You can get us on Facebook and connect with me through Facebook, through Woman's Worth and Facebook. And so we just have uh, all different ways to connect with us. So it should not be a problem. Okay. So it's Jeanette Bajalia, and that's spelled B-A-J-A-L-I-A, correct? Correct. Okay, and we're talking about your website, Woman's, and I know a lot of us get confused whether to call that a hyphen or a dash, but it's just one of those little, uh, I, I know some of my editor friends call it a hyphen, but I think most people tend to call it a dash, woman's hyphen or dash worth dot com, right? Absolutely. Got it. W-O-M-A-N-S, not M-E-N. So W-O-M-A-N-S hyphen. W-O-R-T-H dot com. Okay. And then the phone number I've got toll-free, 866-273-8767. Got it right? That is correct. Okay. And for those of you tuning into American Indian Living, the stations, the networks that air the show typically have access to what we call a cue sheet that gives all this information in there. So call the station that you're listening to if you miss some of that information or just go to Woman's hyphenworth.com or remember Jeanette Bajalia and they can go right onto Amazon and get your book Planning a Purposeful Life, right? Uh, it is right. Planning a Purposeful Life, Amazon.com and we're having a lot of amazing feedback on it about how inspirational the book is and how helpful it is and how it's a must read for anyone thinking about retirement and or already retirement and didn't think about it before they got that golden handshake. You've got a number of life-changing stories in the book. Tell us one more that impacted you that you think will resonate with my listeners. Okay. Um, This one is a woman who is considered a geriatric starlet. She is still running her uh, several companies, fashion design companies. She's 94. Iris is 94. And Iris, when I asked her what what recommendations, what would she say send to the uh, younger generation about retirement? What advice would she give those of us who are thinking about retirement? And she, her exact words were, "Are you kidding? Retirement, retirement is a fate worse than death. Because huh. you can't retire from something, you have to keep doing something." So Iris impacted me more than anything because at 94, she's still traveling the world, the world, not the U.S., in just educating people and giving advice and working with, you know, with every major 
uh, fashion uh, industry to give them her wealth of wisdom and advice, and she's not stopping. No, that is such a great message, and I know early on you mentioned that same point about whatever you do, if you retire from your, quote, job, you've got to have something else that you're jumping into because we've all heard those stories of someone who quit their job and a month later, you know, they were dead. And and that's some of the wisdom that I got from this generation. They said their their friends are not with us any longer because they said they just didn't have – they had this vision that they were going to leave and play golf or leave and travel. And they said, you know, with us, that got that got old after about six months. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But their friends, when you don't have something a little more purposeful because – travel and golf that kind of gives you temporary satisfaction they felt like that you needed a deeper purpose and that's where the trend of making sure the mind body and the spirit are balanced so this group was spiritual and they're not spiritual because they believed in any one consistent faith or anything they were spiritual because they said they had their own form of spirituality that kept them going but they had a good balance between their mind their body and their spirit I mean, I think this is a message that this connects. It connects not only with Indian country, but it connects with my listeners across faith traditions. So we can't try to compartmentalize our lives. We've got to nurture the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual. If we want to have that kind of healthy longevity, as you put it, living to 100 and beyond, right? You've got that right. It's a matter of that level of balance. And then I throw in the financial, the mental, emotional, physical, and financial, because if you didn't have the financial, then it's hard to keep the other things in balance. Boy, that is such a great point. Does all of that come up in your book, Planning a Purposeful Life? Does that give that financial piece front billing as well, or do we got to go to some of your other books to get that? No, I think you can get you you can get a portion of that because I talk about the importance of planning and that financial element is a it's a discipline of planning the financial element so you can have that purpose in life because for you David purpose may be uh spending your life taking your family twice a year on a family vacation to build memories for those children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. That might be your purpose, and that requires financial resources to do that, to build those memories. Wow. Well, believe it or not, Jeanette, you mean, you've got such great information, great uh, resource out there, Planning a Purposeful Life, Secrets of Longevity, available on your website as well as uh, Amazon.com. Any final words of wisdom before we leave? I will just summarize all that said to say, don't retire from something with purpose unless you have something of purpose to go to for the next four decades of your life. Wow. Great message. Jeanette Bajalia, she's the author of Planning a Purposeful Life, Secrets of Longevity, President and Principal Advisor. She is of Petros Estate and Retirement Planning. You can tap more into her wisdom at her website, www.womans-worth.com, or you can call her organization at 866-273-8767. One more time, that number, 866 273 8767. I'm Dr. DeRose, and it's time to go. For all of us at American Indian Living, hopefully today's show has helped you, as always, to better enjoy living the very best of life.
Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.